0: (laughs) guys um yeah normally there's like a little nice wind down of that song but that's because Davey knows what he's doing and once again Peculiars I am on my own but I remembered to turn the video on this time which is super great because we're live actually as opposed to not live which is what happens a lot of the time seen a couple of comments um anyone chiming in through through Facebook I was uh just seeing if there was any trouble. And I asked Jennifer to check. I see uh, Stephanie Smith is here. Hello, hello. Sadie is here. And that's that's Stephanie again. Y'all being fast. Jennifer's here. Leanne. It's nice to see all of you guys. Hopefully uh, uh, I won't mess anything else up, but I make no promises. So um, I'm very excited tonight because we have a couple of really exciting and interesting things going on. We've got two different guests because with me during the show tonight is Cheryl Green. And I can't figure out how to add her with the ink explosion, So she's just going to pop up suddenly like that. <laughs>
1: Hi, Cheryl. Hi. I, I feel the ink explosion in my heart and my soul. It was, this was amazing. <laughs> i could not figure out
0: how to like make it like i don't know how to toggle between these two screens very well jennifer says i've got this i sure hope you i I sure hope so leanne noticed my leopard spots um i don't didn't have any tiger stripes to wear but i i did some leopards um sadie simmons she says i just finished alice's book this morning and i really loved it and there's a shout out about an article brandy wrote which i didn't actually realize which is kind of fun um Chloe is also here, and uh, Lexi is here. She says she's making that cocktail now. We're going to talk about that cocktail and its amazing name uh, in just a minute. Yes, another black kitty. We totally have another black kitty. Cheryl, what is your little black kitty's name?
1: Well, how far do we go with this? I mean, his given name is Henry the Fourth Part Two, <laughs> but I'm not about to call the vet and be like, "Hi, this is Cheryl calling for Henry the Fourth Part II. So he has. Typically gone by Prince Hal because in Henry the Fourth Part One, the play, Prince yes. Hal is the rabble rouser going out, drinking, partying, mm. just like this guy. Um but he's a, generally, he's a, he's a wild one. <laughs> he's a wild one, but he just goes by Ruru. Ruru, I like that I like that yeah we've got a little kitty
0: too um his name is Darwin and most of you will probably get a chance to meet him uh, again in a little bit he he had his first vet appointment today so um, he was a little little sleepy um I, I before we get too too far along I Cheryl has so much to offer. She has done so many things. In addition to being my transcriptionist for BMJ, because uh, Alice introduced me to you, you have been Alice's person first transcribing, but you also do film and and production and direction. So I just was wondering if if you could say a little bit more about about all the things that that you
1: that you do. Oh my gosh, all the things that I do. Well, I collect cat stuff. That is something that I do. Um, <clears throat> Yes, transcription. I don't do so much do the documentary film anymore. I have a podcast called Pigeonhole, and I also edited and produced 30-something episodes from Alice's Disability Visibility podcast mm-hmm. and transcribed them. So that that was fun to, to get so much time with the episodes. Um, but primarily what I do to make a living is I'm a captioner and subtitler and audio describer, uh, primarily video... Um, independent documentary and Mm -hmm. dance Dance. and that's yeah audio description of dance is pretty challenging
0: yeah no kidding
1: as a (laughs) non-dancer
0: Well, I, you know, for, for me, I, uh, my introduction to Alice Wong came basically, um, through Twitter. So, you know, as much as we, we get frustrated with Twitter and the things that it does or, or doesn't offer us, I, I wouldn't have probably met Alice with, if not for Twitter. And I ended up getting to know her. She was on my podcast for the British Medical Journal. And, um, I talked to her about the show you guys she's really excited about what we have going on and which she loved the promo video so i'm going to roll that next just so everybody can kind of see uh but essentially tonight is a real a, a true book club night we we have um cheryl who's worked on the disability visibility project we can ask cheryl about those things uh is is an advocate an advocate and activist yourself and also we have the book itself that we can talk about there's so many things then later in the show at the end of the show we get to talk to Wendy Liu from New York Times, who's increasing coverage for disability. So I, I think it's going to be a really exciting night. So I'll go ahead and roll this tape. You guys go ahead and queue uh, up your comments. It's always really helpful if you put a cue in front of the questions um, because it's just me tonight. <laughs> Let's be kind. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and play this and I'll see you all in a few minutes. Did I dream of becoming an activist? Asks Alice Wong in her memoir, Year of the Tiger. No, but it's probably what I'm most known for. Ableism conscripted me into activism. Other people have the luxury to opt in and out of activism, like earning extra credit for a project, but not me. In this truly moving, amazing, and humorous account of her life, Alice Wong talks about herself like an alien visiting from another planet, but also about the power, the tiger power, and the resistance and hope of being someone who has dealt with disability all of her life. It's a collection of essays, but it's also photographs, memoir, collages, pictures, and coloring books, It's a celebration, it asks hard questions, it is not attempting to please. Curating herself in words, images and objects, she offers us something truly new for disability visibility. After our book discussion, join us for a last segment with Wendy Liu, senior staff editor at the New York Times, dedicated to improving disability news coverage. This will be an amazing evening where we get a chance to talk about an equally amazing person and her amazing book. I don't know what happened there. Sorry. See, again, <laughs> the flow is a little different when Davy's not here. Um, but I, I just wanted people to get a sense of what that of what this book was really about. And it's it's just so awesome that she's done it. It's partly a memoir, but I love the fact that it's also got like a coloring book aspect to it it's it's just really wonderful um also people were really excited about your cat
1: (laughs) he's awesome and um this card here this little pop-up card which by the way just want to make sure alice when you watch this there is coffee on this pop-up card that you sent me this card i got from alice for new year's a couple years ago and inside it is dedicated to my kitty
2: but oh. that's how,
1: yes, Henry the Fourth, Part Two, because he was born on Shakespeare's birthday. Oh, um, very nice. Okay, that's how that started. But um, he's really just Ruru. He answers to Ruru, and I think that Henry the Fourth, Part Two, to Prince Hal, is an easy leap to understand. If if you know you know the play, the leap from <laughs> Prince Hal to Ruru is harder to understand. But I don't tell that story very often. It's just Ruru. It's just, it's just
3: well, I, I
0: I promised that I would I would introduce um an, our little our little man here to tonight because I know all of you got to meet him the last time but uh, he's he's here he's exciting. Um, the other thing uh, I, I I wanted to pop in a couple other comments. Chloe says if it helps, as someone who studied dance, I don't know how much audio describing I could do. <laughs> so maybe you're it, maybe you know it's like it's better to see than than do. Um, yes hello darwin so this is darwin and he's uh he's a little bit active today
3: look
0: look at the baby he's so tiny he's such a little wee little man um but he had his first vet appointment today look at how tiny his head is i could put him in my hat i could put him in my hat (laughs) he belongs in your hat i know (laughs) He's like a he's he's a little monster, aren't you? But since this is all about cat power, I f- I felt that it was it was only it was only right that he he's he's basically saying hi, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> you like Alice too? All right, carry on. Off to your catly duties. <laughs> is a community. <laughs> um, I wanted to say a bit more about that. The disability community, Catherine Prendergast, who's going to be on our show next year, she said that um, Twitter has always helped connect the disability community. And I, I think that's really interesting. I did not meet you, Cheryl, through Twitter, but we've communicated there since, haven't we? I don't think so,
1: because I'm like, oh, no. never on
0: there. Not for okay. political reasons,
1: but because it's <laughs> too hard. I don't understand how Twitter um,
0: works. Twitter, I get Mastodon is confusing me a great deal. <laughs> mm,
1: haven't even tried. Yeah. <laughs> but the, you know, I mean, let's talk about hashtag CripTheVote. Mm, yes. This yes, incredible exactly. Incredible, nonpartisan, but probably fairly progressive, but nonpartisan, uh <laughs> totally disabled led and run. Um what do you call it? Initiative campaign mm-hmm, to mm-hmm both get more disabled people engaged in voting and to get all people talking about what are the issues that affect disabled people <clears throat> all issues and yeah. how can disabled people participate politically in everything yeah. so <laughs> you know you just you can't um discount the role that and and mm-hmm. the disability visibility project is has been overwhelmingly online yes it's not armchair activism for those who like me can't go to a protest or or wouldn't survive Mm -hmm. it for more than five seconds. So there's a lot of reasons, protests, rallies, testifying at Congress are not accessible. Mm -hmm. Going online and communicating, sharing, promoting, dialoguing, arguing, sharing recipes, all of that (laughs) happens online. And it's a beautiful, wonderful thing for anybody who can access that.
0: I love the idea of curating herself, the fact that she talks about she curates herself in all of these different ways. Um, Anna Lopez Carr just popped in. She said she's still at work, so can't stay, but wanted to share her appreciation for the book. She said, what an empowering read. Alice's activism makes us a better world for all of us. And I think that that's uh, absolutely true. I was just listening to the audiobook and I love the part where um, she's basically saying like we're reading for you too. you know this is w- what we do for dis- the disability community is, is for everyone. Sadie Simmons says Alice's audiobook has great descriptions of the images in the PDF supplement, which I think is so cool. And the end walks through all of these photos describing them all. and it's the first time I've had an audiobook where I was like, I actually know what's happening. <laughs>
1: Right. Right. And you, you get like some books where they don't even um, describe or even say what the figures and charts and yeah. pictures are. And it's like, why are you providing two different pieces of information? Like Alice is like, here's my book. I want everybody to access the same stuff, no matter how you access it. There's no devaluing yeah. of the audiobook version. Yeah. Alice is great with the image descriptions and, and they're all in there in the captions. So Yeah. Even if you would say, oh, I don't need an image description, you still, oh, (laughs) I just opened to the page that I'm on. (laughs) Um, Ah, (laughs) The the descriptions are in there. And what's so cool about image descriptions, because I write those Mm -hmm. partly for a living too, and I teach about it, is it's another way into the information. It's value added. You learn Mm -hmm. about the person who's describing it. You learn about the perspectives they come from and yeah I could talk about that stuff forever.
0: Well, well,' we we will have time to come back to that too because I I agree with you and there's so much to say about um it, it reminds me, I mean okay, this is going to be a stretch. sorry, I'm autistic, I do this all the time, but uh, the, the sort of when people are like, well, that's stem and that's the humanities and stems important, but humanities aren't, it's like no, you can't even do one without the other. And so I feel like in a way when she takes the time to say, um, a picture's not worth a thousand words. <laughs> like, we, we can put words on this and make it even better. Uh, Catherine Prendergast says um, it's genre-busting, and Kristen Meston agrees. This is totally. When I was putting it in my reading spreadsheet, I said memoir, but it's so much more. Uh, actually, I think that's really interesting. I wonder where you find it on shelves. Has anybody actually gone to look, like, at a library? Like, where do they put this?
1: And let's see what it's listed. Um, does it have? <clears throat> well, it's listed here as memoir.
0: Okay, so so they put they put it they put it in memoir. But it's so funny because it's it's not that too. It's also like a collection of essays, and there's other people in the book as well, like that she's interviewed. I I was thinking about it uh, while I was reading it. I thought, what a wonderful like I can't imagine. <laughs> my agent would laugh at me if I said I wanted to produce something like this, but it's a perfect book. You know what I mean? It's, it's so, it's so good. Um, Oh yeah. Also suck at ableism.
1: <laughs> oh, I have my poster over there. I can't read okay. it now because everybody knows like I'm not getting, a, I mean, you know, log in next week. I might still be here if Ruru's still napping, but yes, I have the suck at ableism poster. Over, it's, it's really, and I think a lot of people
0: don't always know what the issues at hand are there. And so for some of you who who might be tuning in, but maybe haven't read the whole book, um, there's, there's a lot of things that get sort of like passing in the news, like something, something straws, I don't know, and then it's gone. Uh, but these is, these are whole life issues for people. Um, I see a couple other comments popping. Oh, that is, that's Darwin crying at the door. <laughs> um anthro girl said he's so floppable and poseable we can add to that darwin is also quite noisy uh sadie simmons she says i saw an interesting conversation about content warnings on mastodon and how people of color and disabled voices are being silenced when talking about their own experiences if they don't put contact content warnings on posts that's really interesting
1: and so not surprising so not surprising (laughs) but very sad I, yeah. Is I it, feel like it, you could just open this book and and find some wisdom to address that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: is interesting though. I mean, um Sadie, maybe you can follow up here, but
0: is I saw something about that too. It's it's the fact that like, oh, if you tell me about your disability, you'll make me sad. Is that kind of what the The point there is that, or
1: disgusted, or um, you know, I'm separate from that. I don't want to hear about the fragility of human life. I don't want to be reminded that you know my life is going to end. I don't want to know how, like, people assume, oh, this disabled person, how painful or hard or awful their life must be. I don't want to have to think about it because I'm really comfortable and and people, I see, just project vulnerability onto it and weakness, and I just don't. Why should I have to face that? But I think the response to that actually ties into a lot of why this is such a genre busting book is nothing is exactly what you think it is. Alice is not this one or two or three things. Nobody is, but she's trying to make the point that you can't look at her from the outside, make your list of decisions of what her life must be. And then, you know, take a look in here and you see how multifaceted and varied as she cusses a lot. I love it. It's yeah. so funny. <laughs> um, but you know, you see the politics, you see the heartfelt, you see mm-hmm. um, descriptions of, you know, I face this internalized ableism moment. You see all this uh, pleasurable talk about her Chinese culture and heritage. Yeah. Food and food. Of all sorts. <laughs> Ooh, food, food. There's recipes in here. There's a snack guide. Um, <laughs> Where's the snack guide? I just, I love said- the
0: part about congee or she doesn't call it that she calls it, um, juke, I believe. Uh, but I, my, my, uh, my general practitioner, Henry Ng, he calls it congee. And because I have suffered from IBS, he taught me how to make con- my general practitioner taught me how to make congee for myself. So that was really interesting. It's like a rice, you know, like a, a very simple rice dish for if your stomach's mm-hmm. upset specifically. Um, oh, I saw a couple more questions. Oh, boy, you guys are getting fast now. So, Jennifer Pierce asked a question. Thank you for the cue. It says, As someone who isn't religious, I rolled my eyes when a comment was made that Alice would be healed by accepting Christ. That's so inappropriate, which Carol Lindner adds uh, just underneath it. So inappropriate. Um, how do you deal with well meaning, but clearly misinformed people like that? And of course, um, you and I both have disabilities too. So, I'm, I, I don't. Uh, it would be really hard for me not to use um, Alice's motto, "Fuck the fuckers," for that. But I, but I think it's a good question. <laughs> what do we do when someone says something or they don't mean it to be awful, but it is? It's cringeworthy and awful.
1: Oh, that's not a rhetorical question, is it? No, okay, it's my- a real one. <laughs> so um, I, I do, <clears throat> I do like to operate from um, assuming good faith. Me, sure. I have a cat hair in my mouth. Gosh, okay, good faith. He did not. He doesn't yeah, understand totally that dying. I'm allergic to him. I'm actually starting to get a little hoarse. <laughs> um, so I do like to come from a place of assuming good faith. However, I don't actually believe it that like, well, this person uh, meant well. I I don't I don't always buy that. Yeah. Because if you. Well, anyway, I don't always buy that, but let's say in this example, this person is well-meaning and is trying mm-hmm. to help, you know, like um, I want to offer you this prayer or this way of healing. Um, and let's say they mean well, yet they're misguided in the, assuming that Alice or whoever wants to be healed and wants to be healed in that way. Like as a Jew, I'd be like, get your Christ off of me. What? I don't <laughs> even like who, who is that? So um, I read, I've read about him, but um, oh. But the, Mm -hmm. I don't know how you respond in the moment. I think a joke could be nice if you're in a joking mood, but it's very easy to be microaggressed and to sort of clam Mm -hmm. up or lash out in the face of that. Yeah. But I've heard people go, oh, okay, well, thank you. You know, (laughs) if it's a battle that you don't want to fight, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I think that there is there's wisdom in meeting people where they're at and Mm -hmm. I I don't know how to tell somebody like I reject the notion that Christ will heal me because I don't believe in Jesus Christ. And I reject the notion that there's something so broken about me that Mm -hmm. you as a stranger, Mm -hmm. like, well, I I don't have a good answer to it because it hasn't happened to me, but I would say that if I were faced with it, and I've been faced with similar, just people didn't invoke Jesus. They just wanted to heal me in general. I just go, I just make a confused face at them. And they often stop and they're like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. If we have a relationship, we can dialogue. You can talk like about we, it, yeah. yeah. If you don't, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's the kind of thing to walk away from. And, mm-hmm. you know, go to your scratching post, scratch it out, Go release your cat, cat power. Go fist. get your A poop in your box. Get it out. <laughs> Cover the poop because it's awesome.
0: I. It's interesting that this is this has come up because I'm. Riva Lair is going to be on our show next year, next season for Gollum Girl. And one of the things she talks about is how through most of her life, she has spina bifida. Everybody was talking about how broken she was and it took her a long time to actually be like, you know, I'm, I'm pretty awesome, actually. Like I'm, I'm cool. I'm, I'm good. Um, but also, you know, uh, Jaipri Verde, do you know who she is? She's a deaf scholar, a friend of mine. Um, she, she, was she wants it was actually a chastisement for me um because again we have all this internalized ableism we don't even always realize we have it and I was saying well can't you teach me and she's like it's not always my job to teach you shit like you can go learn stuff all by yourself you shouldn't put the onus on disabled people all the time so I think sometimes when people make comments which are like oh you might think oh this is an educational opportunity but it's not always your job like you know you're not supposed to necessarily be everybody's education um Jennifer was also saying that uh, she said this was a mind-blowing book completely changed the way i need to think would not have you know th- there's just stuff that wouldn't have occurred and I, I feel much the same way i've been so educated by Alice in general just just in general <laughs> let's see here oh you guys i there you've been typing away while well, i wasn't all right um i need those cues in there you guys <laughs> The elevator button story. Okay, so Leanne says the elevator button story from her university shows that practical matters are, are foremost, that that's a really big deal. This is from that, Leanne.
1: That is a beautiful one, and that one is a lovely example of, you know, you can call it the curb cut effect. So uh, she, from her wheelchair, can't reach those upper... Buttons, And so they put in on the college campus, they put in a horizontal panel mm-hmm. that is at a level where she could reach any floor. And guess what? <laughs> Lo and behold, if the elevator is packed and you're in the back and you can't like, how are you going to reach that long arm in front? Well, you, people, all sorts of people of any height end up using it, end up using it because it's there. And I, when I talk about the curb cut effect with people, I want to make sure that When stuff made for access for disabled people, when it serves non-disabled people well, that is awesome. But it was made for disabled people and let's not forget Mm -hmm. whose idea it was and why it was put in in the first place. And if everybody benefits, hooray, I love that. But it's not good because non-disabled people also like it. It's good because Alice needed to use the elevator and they made a structural change and she could use the elevator. Great that I can too, but those accommodations, yeah. I feel like we accidentally devalue disabled people when we celebrate them because non-disabled people like and use them. I,
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, I can see that. I, I think um, it's interesting because it's, it's sort of true even of uh, like <laughs> closed captioning, which is very important. But when people are like, oh, closed captioning is so useful when the when the actors have accents. And I'm like, that, maybe that's not what it's for. You know, um, not that that, again, it's wonderful that it has multiple uses. You're right. But it it is interesting where people are like, now it's okay because I can use it, is well, kind of what they're saying, right?
1: <laughs> and there's an essay in here, and Alice published quite a bit at the beginning of the pandemic,
0: mm-hmm. about
1: how um, once non-disabled people need an accommodation. Suddenly we have the capacity to do it. But when Alice or whoever disabled person is like, Hey, I can't fly to your conference because I want my wheelchair. I don't use a wheelchair, but a wheelchair user doesn't Mm -hmm. want their wheelchair broken on the plane on the way to the conference. Could I zoom in and do my keynote? No, we don't do that. We don't do that. Right now once to be fair, once the pandemic hit, it did affect all humans on the planet. And so there's a lot more people who needed video conferencing. Right. But it's the we don't and we can't that Alice and other disabled people have always gotten. And it turns out, no, you just didn't want to. Want to. You didn't want to invest for this smaller group of disabled people. Online classes, online. I taught at a university where they told me we
0: can't accommodate online classes. They've been accommodating them real well for the last couple of years. Um, I'm not there anymore, obviously, but, um, but absolutely. Like there's things that people just don't want to do and they turn it into a can't, but it's not a can't. It's a, I don't want to.
1: I don't want to because a disabled person asked anyway. Well, and, and because
0: (laughs) no, no, you're absolutely right. But because people go, well, that's a minority need as though that makes it less important and that's the thing that just like you know and it happens all the time uh carol lindner says when she ordered this book at her local independent bricks and mortar uh, and chatted about it with her bookseller he ordered extra copies to have on the shelf which is awesome uh kristin meston says i was the same grade year as alice and thinking about our different experiences when the ada passed in the middle of high school blew my mind like i was so oblivious i thought it was about ramps
1: Yeah, me too, me too. It takes a long time to learn all the, not only the nuances of what the ADA Mm -hmm. covers, but also its limitations and who doesn't really get to benefit from it. And I was at this ADA, um, well, it was like an ADA celebration. It was a screening of a documentary about microaggressions against disabled people. And they had the screening on the anniversary of the ADA and somebody, so I'm in the audience, somebody else in the audience asked the filmmaker, something like, you know, it's been 25 years since the ADA passed. And they asked something about how attitudes have successfully changed in the U S because of the ADA. And I started laughing so hard. Didn't mean to very reflexive. And the filmmaker's like, Cheryl, would you like to weigh in? I'm like, the ADA doesn't legislate attitudes and (laughs) attitudes are still bad all over the place. And people don't, have to follow a lot of people don't mm-hmm. have to follow the ada and some who technically have to still don't follow it and can often get away with it and legislation doesn't change attitudes it just doesn't ada whatever we still have yeah. racism we still mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. all sorts of normativity in this country um that belittles and degrades people who are not in that normative box, even though we have legislation protect protecting these various classes. So I don't know yeah. if I'm still on topic, but ADA, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so it, it, anthro girl said, she said, isn't that just
0: the way, right? Nothing matters to people unless it affects them directly. Then all of a sudden, nobody knew anything about ventilators. And then all of a sudden, ventilators, ventilators are going to talk about ventilators. Um, and and Alice says that in the one chapter, she's like, I've never heard the word ventilator used so many times on television. <laughs> you know, it's something that she used all the time. She uses a BiPAP, uh, or did use, and she's like, something she used all the time that nobody even knew anything about, suddenly was like, every, everywhere. Um Oh page, yeah, page six quote: "Who are nerds if not those who embrace differences, seek community, and support the powerless?" Woo! That is just peculiar book club all over it, guys. Go us! <laughs> peculiar nerds. Um, Leanne's comment: This this gets to me too. Wow, she says vulnerability is an issue that plagues those with disabilities one crisis away from institutionalization like that is so scary and uh and i would add here earlier i think it was anthro girl was saying some of this also applies to like uh, other situations um she was saying the way people want to like heal you if you're grieving or something but i think leanne's point here is really good like how many people are one crisis away from not being able to live independent lives
1: Yes. I, I made a, a a short documentary called In My Home a few years ago, and mm-hmm. um, it was about that topic, about being one crisis away. And to be clear, for a lot of disabled people, it's not even one crisis away from institutionalization. Right. It could just be, I don't know, uh, taking away, you know, conservatorship or just, right. Right. you know, depends on what state you live in, if yeah. the money is uh, for you know, is funneled more toward home care or the money's not following the person and you gotta Mm -hmm. be institutionalized. Anyway, Mm -hmm. but I made this Mm -hmm. short documentary in my home and I didn't want, you know, I I hate making stuff for the non-disabled gays, but I also wanted to make something that would um, attract the interest of non-disabled people. And so I focused on animals. I focused on the companion animals and pets of the people in the film. And like mm. Yulia is sitting there with her chubby tuxedo cat. And she's like, if I get institutionalized, I am not only separated from my spouse, I'm separated from my cat. I can't look at, and the cat's like walking across Yulia's lap in a very relatable way. Anybody who cares about cats will be like, oh, I want a cat to walk across me like right. that. And I, I want to like, I think mm-hmm. being separated from her cat, maybe isn't the worst thing that would happen at being institutionalized, but I don't see hearts and minds being swayed by the other arguments about my freedom of choice will be taken away. I uh, can't get a job anymore. I don't decide when meals are. I might be stuck in bed. Like that doesn't seem to sway non-disabled people. So I was like, well, look at Yulia, look at this cat. You want to break them up? Like what? It's, it's precarious and it doesn't have to be so precarious. If right. we have legislation that, you know, the Olmstead ruling and rest in peace and power Lois Curtis,
2: mm-hmm. um,
1: the Olmstead decision, like people with whatever disability should have the choice to live in the community and the funding that they get should go toward home health and community members meeting their needs rather than institutionalization and- right
0: and it's that the idea that um i what I, th- I think it was reva i i was i've talked to, to both reva and alice in several of you, so i don't know who said it now but about you know this concept that somehow you won't get married or have you know, like that you won't have relationships like you're you're somehow in this little Oh, you're a disabled person. You're in this little bubble and we're going to put you over here. And <laughs> we're not going to worry about you. Um, oh, Anya's just turned up. Anya is here. She uh, had some they had some winter. They had some winter in Montana today, uh, but she's here. She's, she's got her ginger, her ginger cocktail uh, ready to go. Um and actually, I just I, oh, there's so much to talk about. I feel like I'm always with, and this is true of the entire book. If you if you guys aren't finished with it yet, um, I spend half my time going, "This is so funny. This is so relatable. This is so warm." And half my time going, "I am going to kill everyone." Like I get so angry at stuff, and I'm just like, "How could this be?" You know, and parts of it are sad. I mean, she just takes you on this wonderful um, guided tour roller coaster of like all the emotions, which is really unfair to an autistic person. Uh, but but no, it's wonderful. I'm. Really, really enjoyed it. I feel like I'm having coffee with Alice every time I sit down and read it, which, which is beautiful. Um, I see several uh, more questions and comments popping up, which is awesome. And I want you to keep filling those in. There's so much more to talk about, including, I think, one of the things we should maybe talk about is um, just how many of us are actually disabled. Uh, sometimes it's visible and sometimes it's not. And, even coming to terms with that and and our own internalized ableism, which is something Alice talks about all the time, and I think that's really interesting. So we're going to take a quick break and do some announcements, um, if I can find them, and figure out how to use them. So that'll be exciting. Let's see, a little bit of elevator music made. Do, 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 oh, I found them. Hey, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, of course, this is uh, Year of the Tigers, the book we were talking about. I love the cover of this so hard. Um, you can still get the signed copies. We've got signatures from Alice from Fox Lane Books in the UK and from Loganberry Books in the United States, which is amazing. Um, and they're both indie shops. We we only partner with independent bookstores. so. Announcements. First of all, there are a lot of ways to connect with us. If you haven't, if this is your first time, we are on Facebook. We have a page you can like. We have a group. The group is really fun because we all sit around and talk about our weird hobbies, which I think is a, a lovely thing. We can. We're also on Twitter and uh, Instagram and all the other all the other places. Secondly, we now have a Patreon page. Now, in general, Patreon is something, um, it is not necessary. You do not have to join it. But if you want to help support us, we do try to keep a lot of our content free and me not in debt, which is good. <laughs> um Peculiar cocktail. So this was a crazy interesting cocktail, kind of savory, kind of, kind of out there. Liked it. Very orange, very tigery. And the name that won. So you might notice Alice talks a lot about herself as though she might be an alien or an X Men or a superhero or mutant or a cat. And so we went with Flirkin Flooftail. The Flurkin <laughs> Flooftail won all the votes. Flurkin <laughs> being the alien cat that belonged. Uh, Chewie is his name, actually. Chewy is a flurkin. He is the cat that belongs to Captain Marvel. So the Flerkin' Floof tail, which is really hard to say, and if you drink too many of them, it might come out differently. Just saying. <laughs> Peculiar Book Club Season 4, you can still get, if you want to buy um, a whole season subscription, you can also still do that until December 30th. We're also probably going to do buy one, get one 50% off for Christmas. And next show is uh, <laughs> November 17th. We only have a week. Th- this one's contracted a little bit sooner than usual because of Thanksgiving. But you guys, it's about poo. And I feel <gasps> like, I right? I know. It's so <laughs> exciting. The other dark matter. We've just had an election. It just feels right to me. Um, I think it's it's good and right that we should have be you- talking about I- poo.
1: I wrote, when you first wrote me, first of all, uh, can we get my name up there? Because it's such a pretty oh, font. Yeah. Yeah. Hang on, but, It is really cool. All right. Well, when yeah. you right, first right. wrote to me to ask if I would join you on this, I was like, didn't I tell you, oh, I'm reading Bryn Nelson's book called Flush. So yeah. here's here's my name. And I'm here to talk about this. is That is another amazing book about poop. I love this book. I was on the phone the other night with my mom for her birthday, sorry, on zoom. And I was like, mom, look at this book about poop and look at the cover art. It's a flesh and toilet.
2: So, Oh my gosh,
1: whoever loves this book that you're going to be talking about next week. If you can't get Uh, enough poop, get over there to flush by Brittany Nelson. I earn no money for saying this. I just love the book.
0: (laughs) I love it, I love it. I love it so much. Um, Cheryl, you've been a dream. Uh, you will be coming back after we, we're gonna we're gonna do a little music and then we're gonna bring on Wendy Lou and then you're gonna return to us towards the end of the show. I see more comments coming up. don't worry we're we're gonna have time to get to them. Um, but first a little bit of music, then a little bit of Wendy and I uh, will when we bring Cheryl back, even though Davey's not here, he made a video quiz for us so that's still happening but first but first some music then some wendy then some quiz i just have to find the music <laughs> hello peculiars
1: we're charming disaster
2: and we have a song for you
1: about the inevitable decay of all things it's called
2: a string break song everything,
1: everything
0: breaks boom.
1: down in
2: left if you don't breathe you'll smother yourself but- the dark, burn up the candle or live in the dark.
0: Yeah, you know um <laughs> that last note <laughs>
2: uh,
0: we had a couple of questions pop up uh which i'm going to answer really quickly and then we're going to bring uh wendy lu on um There was several people talking about the announcement. So I just wanted to get in here um, that the the swag is amazing. There's a scarf and a hat. But AnthroGirl said, oh, she missed the VIP subscriptions. No swag for you. Not so. We actually ended up keeping the swag for VIP subscriptions open. And we opened them all the way until December 30th. So if you want to join us and still get swag, I just ordered an entire another set of... two box three boxes of hats and scarves so anthro girl you you can do it it'll it can happen um so yes the the subscriptions are still open uh because yeah because i love you guys that's all anna says she wore her hat and scarf nonstop for a week <laughs> um and getting back to our subject uh, before we hopped off, I, Chloe had written this right before the song went up that uh, a lot of unis seem to be backtracking on their accessibility promises and that is so true and it's something that is newsworthy but isn't always making it into the news. Segway ah uh, to Wendy Lou. do you see how I did that? All right, stick around Cheryl. we'll be back and. Coming at you now is Wendy Lou without an ink explosion. Just pretend, because I can't do. It. <laughs> oh, Hi, so there you are. There you are. Hello, it is so good to see you. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. I'm looking for my fun little banner that I made for you. Let's see. There it is.
3: Oh, so pretty. Thank
0: you so much for having me. We're so excited for you to be here. Um, Now, uh, to start off with, I thought maybe you could tell everybody a little bit about what you do at the New York Times. This is a relatively new role for you, and um, it's it's just really really awesome to have someone like you on board, looking at this and going, "Why are these stories not covered?"
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So, hi everybody. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks again for having me. Um, I am a senior editor on the flexible editing desk at. The New York Times. Um, when I first heard flexible editing desk, made me think of like doing ballet. Um, I don't do any ballet, but essentially uh, being on the flex desk means that anytime other teams are short on editors, that's when we step in to help with editing. So I help edit politics, um, climate change stories, uh, culture health, wellness, pretty much everything under the sun. And then um, I'm also a board member of the National Center on Disability and Journalism. Um, and in that capacity, I uh, put together trainings for other newsrooms to help them report on disability in a more mm-hmm. respectful, um, inclusive, and accurate way. So. That's-
0: Which is amazing because I was, uh, before all of you got here, I was having a quick chat with Wendy and Cheryl about how um, I don't typically write about disability issues. I've done it a little bit. And even as someone who has a disability, mine is not a visible one. I I find it so difficult to write about because there's so much to consider to be careful and generous. And lots of people are not those things when they write about disability <laughs>
3: Absolutely. No, I I think that's so true. And um, something about disability that I feel like we're still sort of understanding in the news, that's not just something that falls in healthcare. And it's not Mm -hmm. something that falls in the lifestyle section, like, you know, cutesy stories about uh, being inspirational, like disability, something that uh, falls in every category of News, whether it's uh, education, health, yes, but also yeah. Um And mm-hmm. so, when I'm thinking about like, when I'm every time I'm trying to report or edit, I I try to remember that even though I have a disability, it doesn't mean that I know what it's like to have every other disability. Sure. So,
0: right.
3: um, I I always try to remind myself like. I inherently have some kind of bias or awareness to, to get better at, but um, right. I, I always start from there. So I know that I need to come from a place of asking questions, listening to people that I talk to for stories. And so, yeah, but it, it takes a lot of practice over time and kind of trusting yourself too.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think just being willing to be corrected. Um, I mentioned earlier that uh, one of my, one times I was interviewing Jaipri Verdi and that's when she was, I was saying, oh, could you explain it? She was like, mm, <laughs> I could, <laughs> but I don't have to. And that's so valuable. And I think sometimes what happens, right? You, sell, you say to someone, hey, that's not how you should talk about that. And they don't go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I'll correct it. That's not what happens, right? They kind of double down. Yeah.
3: No, it's so true, and I feel like that's, that's always where the, you know, we're always trying to get, come from a place of being willing to grow and be open, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's, you know, that's important, you know, it's always possible to, like, make mistakes or not know how to write or talk about something, and I think that's okay, but once you realize there's a better way to go about this, then you see, like, what can I learn from this? How can I continue to to build mm-hmm. on what I already know and and go from there? So, yeah.
0: Well, one one thing I'm really curious about is, um, first of all, this is a you're a senior editor at New York Times. I mean, this is. I'm guessing kind of a milestone. I don't think that you're there have been many places which have been accepting and willing and to even go, yeah, this is important enough that we need somebody here to do this. So is that a new, is that something that surprised you? Is it something you yourself have been fighting for and, and bringing about? You know, I'm, I was so excited, but I was also like, wow, that seems like there aren't that many people like that.
3: Yeah, I feel so grateful to be in this session because I know like this, it's, it's hard to be a disabled person working in the news. And I Mm -hmm. wish there were more of us. Um, And I, before the times I was at Uppost editing as well and writing a lot about disability issues over there already. Um, And, you know, it's something I've been doing for, I guess, five plus years now. Um, And I've seen some progress, you know, I feel like there are some stories that we do less of, like uh, if you've heard of inspiration porn. um, Yes. Yeah. It's kind of a a story where people with disabilities are just propped up as heroes or inspirations Mm -hmm, for just being disabled, Um, or it's a story about like someone non-disabled doing a good deed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Right. yeah, I still see some of that, but it's, uh, it's gotten less. Um, and I I do see some more strides in the news industry. So for example, this started before I went to the Times, but we have like a disability fellowship program um, where we have fellows every year covering disability. And that's something that I don't think existed before. And even outside of that, we're trying to cover more disability issues, and I'm hoping as I continue to like, familiarize myself with the newsroom, that I'll be able to have a bigger impact on that over, right. over time.
0: That's cool. And a couple other people saying they really like the comment disability lifestyle, and I think that's that's really important. Uh, a shout-out to Sarah uh, Luterman here by from Carol. And just, I'm so just glad being glad that. that you exist. We're just Aww. excited that you exist. Um, I, I'm really, I think what's interesting too, I, I, I know we we do a lot of sex on this show, strangely. I don't know why we have a lot of sex with, but, but I want to bring sex back into it. One of the other things about inspiration porn is this weird way in which disabled people, uh, and this is not new, by the way, I was a Victorian 18th and 19th century studies person at one point. And so there's all these like, the, the the virginal blind girl, you know, or the, the yeah. tiny Tims, right? The tiny Tims, a small moral child who is moral partly because of disability or something. Cricket on the hearth is, uh, I can't remember she's deaf. I think she's deaf. Maybe she's blind. Like, I've forgotten. But the, Charles Dickens was notorious for this. But there's all this sort of like, you know, if you are disabled, you are lifted up to this kind of angelic figure, but also sexless. And, you know, yeah. like this stuff
3: <laughs> absolutely and it's so it's like sex and relationships with disability it's i like there's so many sort of like things that are projected onto us where like you said we're you know viewed as sex let's we're still in a way objectified and treated yeah. as objects or you just see a part of who i am and don't realize like disability is a, an essential part of that. And it's not removed from it. And like, also, you know, it's like, you don't love me despite my disability, but yeah, it's, it's part of it.
0: Right, right. Yeah, no, it's, isn't so true. And so I think just um, having disability visibility is the exact opposite of the don't, you know, you're you're a trigger warning kind of thing, right? That earlier they were saying that some social media platforms are asking people to put content warnings if they're going to talk about their disability, which is like what? Because the whole idea is the more people you see, um, it shouldn't they shouldn't have to be hidden away. And and we used, I mean, this is done, right? That uh, again, 18th and 19th century not a good time to be disabled they would have you i certainly would have been like way locked up um because i have both epilepsy and uh and autism so i'd be screwed you know <laughs> i'd be locked up somewhere animal woman oh gosh you know like or womanish mm-hmm. so um it, it, it is really interesting how that kind of happens and you know here in the chat we've got a couple of people talking um uh, Chloe Rogers was saying about having long COVID and and dealing with that. Anya has been dealing with, um, long Legionnaires disease. And it it does feel like, um, people aren't going to have a choice, but to get used to seeing this is going to happen. Uh, COVID has, it's funny. Someone said COVID's made us vulnerable. I was like, no, COVID has exposed vulnerabilities, (laughs) um, that were, that were already there, you know? AnthroGirl says disability yeah. porn made me think of new social media trends where disabled people show how they do things and non-disabled people make requests of what they should do. Thoughts? I'm, I'm not heard of that one.
3: That makes me so uncomfortable because it's like <laughs> we're not here to, you know, entertain or <laughs> inspire or, like, I don't know, act like we can do tricks. Like, it's, it's so <laughs> uncomfortable for me. Um, so yeah, I, yeah. I, I it's similar to how I feel about um disability simulations where non-disabled people like say, I'm gonna try and be disabled for a day, see how it feels and it's like, well, it's not a costume you can take on top yeah. It's part of who I am so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Or uh, Leanne's quoting from uh, Alice, This is the work of disability never ends. And that that's
3: very well put. That's, it.
0: <laughs> that's totally true. It, it is really interesting. I mean, I think um, I don't look like I am disabled, but even I have had some of that weird like I went to uh, a neurologist once and he said he was like, asking me if I could hold down a job. I was like, yeah, I have a job. I'm in graduate school. He's like, well, what are you studying? I said, well, at the moment, I'm studying literature. And he goes, can you recite a poem? And I was like, why am I doing
3: this? (laughs) Yes. It's like we don't have to prove that, one, we're disabled enough, but two, that we can do things Mm -hmm. while being disabled. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: um, Oh, well, there's a whole conversation happening over here. You guys,
3: (laughs) I lost track. But
0: idea, at least in the UK, this is picking up from Chloe, says the idea, mm-hmm. at least in the UK, that it will only affect the vulnerable as if we weren't supposed to care about people with disabilities. Right. So mm-hmm. um, I, I might have missed some of that early on, but that that sense that like, oh, this is only going to kill off. <laughs> this is only going to kill off disabled people is not. That's not a. Ugh.
3: Right. No, it's like, well, we should care regardless. right?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because we're people. Because <laughs> yes. disabled people are people. <laughs> Very
3: perspective. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So well, your work is amazing. We are we're so glad you could be with us. And um just wondered, is there anything you would like to leave us with? Any um places we you, you'd like us to go check out or thoughts you want to leave us with or areas we can find your work.
3: Uh sure. I mean my website is wendywrites.com wendyluwrite s.com um so, and outside of my journalism i like to write children's fiction um Yay. i try to talk about things in addition to my to my work as a journalist and that's something that brings me a lot of joy so yeah and thank that's you awesome. Oh, we, we,
0: I hope you'll come back. I really do. So if, um, so you know, come back, come back. <laughs> uh, we we really enjoyed this, and Wendy, um, you know, by all means, stick around in the green room. We'll we'll chat with you at the end too. Okay.
3: Sounds Thank great. Thank you
0: so much. All right. And back with Cheryl. That was amazing. Wasn't that fun? I actually lost track. There was some really great discussion happening over here, partly about just things we're all dealing with, um, Legionnaires, long COVID, um, you know, there's some people with Lyme disease, uh, some people with sort of undiagnosed things. We're not really even sure that they, that they have. So, um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh,
1: How many lines can I get in for that one? You, you've got a, I've got a tick mark box. You can. Hopefully you have enough um, printer paper that you can print out several. (laughs) Um, And I want to also say like one of the things that Wendy Liu brings is such a beautiful expansion of what disability journalism and journalism by a disabled person with a disability lens. What, what, the breadth and depth of what's out there because a lot of people are like, they want to hear like an injury story or the surgery or how'd you get this? What went wrong? Yeah. And if you go to WendyLewrights.com and check out the, the the page with all the links to Wendy's writing, it is such an incredible variety Mm -hmm. and um, just thoughtful, thoughtful uh, perspectives and analysis on so many social and political topics. So that's I just, awesome. I I'm I think we're just I'm I'm so lucky that
0: I get to spend so much of my time just hanging out with all you writer people Um, and uh, and davy who's not here. He's 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 with us in spirit and he loves hanging out with all you guys too So much so that It is time for davy's quiz guys. I did not preview this. I have no idea what we're about to get ourselves into Here comes some Davey.
2: Hi brandy. Hi peculiars You didn't think I was gonna leave you this week without a quiz to do So this week, we're doing a quiz I am calling It Happened on the Year of the Tiger. We're going to go to past years of the tiger, uh, 2010, 1998, 1986. We're going to ask you some trivia questions from those years. So question number one for Brandy, her guests, and all the peculiars. In 2010, a new building was crowned as the tallest building in the world standing a massive 2722 feet tall it still holds the title today is it a the taipei 101 building in taiwan is it b the burj khalifa in dubai or is it c the terminal tower right here in cleveland
0: okay you guys i know it's not the terminal tower Pretty sure it's not the terminal tower. All right. So, hmm. Okay. Well, we, we luckily can reach out to the peculiars. Tori says it's B. Amanda says B, B. Okay. I was going to guess B. Yeah. Y'all said B. Okay. Everybody says B. All right. Uh, he also filmed the answers. So <laughs> here, let's find out.
2: Well, everyone, I hope you said B because the answer is Burj Khalifa in Dubai, and it still does hold that record today. Unfortunately, the terminal tower only clocked in at just over 700 feet tall.
0: (laughs) That's still pretty tall. It is pretty tall. It's pretty tall. It's it's certainly tall around here. But um, Lexi said she knew this because she used to teach dimensional analysis. (laughs) That's great. Chloe says, uh, loves the Cleveland cameos. Davey and I are both here in Cleveland, so (laughs) it's going to happen. All right, here we go. Um, Question number two.
2: All right, for question number two, we're moving back to 1998, the year of the tiger in the 90s, and the framework of peace in Northern Ireland was put in place with the signing of this landmark agreement in Ireland and United Kingdom relations. Was it A, the Easter acknowledgement, B the spring signings or C the Good Friday Agreement.
0: Oh boy, I'm maybe not good at this. Okay. Oh well, that's okay. You guys are all over it. We've got Christmas says C. C. What about you, Cheryl? Do you have a?
1: Um, I'm going. Uh, no comment. <laughs> Except I'm. I'm kind of encouraged to go with C. We just,
0: for I feel some reason. a lot of encouragement from you Peculiars going with C. They usually hook us up. It's it's pretty good. All right. All right. Let's see what he has to say here. I got to get these in the right order here.
2: <laughs> Spring signings did sound enticing, but the correct answer is the Good Friday Agreement. Did you get it right?
0: Well, I didn't. But by golly, <laughs> the Peculiars did. They carried the day on these quizzes, I got to <laughs> say. All right. Here we go. Last question. I'm over.
2: Moving back another 12 years, staying with the Year of the Tiger, we're now in 1986. And in 1986, unfortunately, the world was rocked by some major tragedies. Which of these did not happen in the 80s Year of the Tiger? 1986. Was it A, the Greenpeace ship Rainbow Warrior explosion, the B, Chernobyl explosion, or C, the space shuttle Challenger explosion.
0: Um, I have some, I I don't know, but I have some weird news. They found pieces of the spaceship Challenger in the ocean recently, while looking for shipwrecks.
1: Wow.
0: That's my contribution. (laughs) I know nothing else, but.
1: I remember all three of these things, or I I think I do.
0: I can't remember what year they were in. Like I, 86? Was that the...
1: There's a possibility was Chernobyl it, was the early 90s. I should not even open my mouth on no, stuff. I, 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 I feel like tr- I, Chernobyl's definitely 80s. I'm almost
0: positive. But I think I'm going to go with the Greenpeace thing. What do you guys say? Oh, a. A. Greenpeace. A. A. Oh, but Lexi says, no. C, my favorite unit to teach in chem is nuclear. Oh, so maybe that's not in the right year. Maybe you were right. So prepared for Chernobyl to be an answer, but then it was the opposite. See, they... Finding pieces of that for decades to come. Yes, the Challenger, they totally will. All right, guys. Uh-huh. Uh. uh, uh <laughs> I hear these disability questions. <laughs> That's what Davey does to us. He always finds a, a sideways road to take.
2: Yes, the correct answer was A. The Greenpeace ship Rainbow Warrior explosion or sinking actually happened a year earlier in 1985. However, Chernobyl and the Challenger explosions both happened in the Year of the Tiger, 1986. Well, I hope you enjoyed the quiz this week, Peculiars. I'm sorry I can't be with you on the full show, and I look forward to hanging out with you next time.
0: <laughs> I feel Davey's got it, you know? he's.
1: I just feel so unworldly. <laughs> I only well, learned about that building in Dubai like a couple of days ago quite randomly.
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't be surprised if he didn't learn about it quite randomly a couple days ago, too. But um, <laughs> he's very good at these quizzes, though, I have to say. Uh, Davy's quizzes are always quite – they're always a joy, right? They really are. Davy had total video Jeopardy vibes today. That's true. <laughs> the Greenpeace thing threw me right off. This oh, thank goodness. I, Yeah. um, Yeah. So you'd be surprised. These quizzes are never like, I'm like, ask me about some like old medical medical stuff. Oh, three out of three. Stephanie got three of three. Stephanie, you're on it. You guys were totally all over this quiz. This was much easier than the last one for all of you. Maybe not for me, though, (laughs) actually. So, um, we are running uh, a little bit late. We're, we're moving through time and space. We have so much more that I feel like we could talk about. There were so many good questions. Um, I also realized that, uh, several of you are really happy to find out that you can still buy VIP submission. I'm going to have to like send a clarifying email. You know what? My, my communication has been so bad. You'd think I was like, you know, the CDC talking about COVID or something. (laughs) Um, Uh, (laughs) Wendy, are you still with us? I'd love to bring you back on for the last part of it. Oh, there you are. Good, good. Why do we pretend to have a time limit? We should get rid of it. I know. I'm like, I did start it on time, though. Daggone it. I was really pleased with myself for that. There's Wendy. Um, So since I have the three of us, well, the the two of you and I'm always here, uh, here, I was wondering... (laughs) if we had any final questions that we might want to throw to either of you, and I was actually going to take my little face off so that we can see you guys uh, nice and big. Um, By the way, this is the new mic that Davey made me get because he said I didn't sound good enough with the last one. So hopefully Davey was displeased (laughs) (laughs) with my lack of professionalism. You guys, I'm literally camouflaged in my chair. Look, I kind of, this is why it works for. This is why it works for wildcats, right? I'm hiding in the bushes, so I'm gonna take myself out. You guys, t- questions, thoughts, or you guys can ask each other questions. I just thought we'd close with a little bit more from you guys because it's such a pleasure having you on.
1: Hi, hi, Wendy. I can't take the pressure of like unplanned, improvised moments.
3: I know, same. I'm like,
1: ah. <laughs> um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. when no, I should I- start. I, I think I wanted to start, oh, sorry, I'll start us off. Sorry, see, that's me being autistic again. Um, but so let me say this, I, I want to ask this, because I do think that there is a difference between disabilities that are highly visible and disabilities that are not highly visible. And I, I feel like they get talked about really differently in the media, and I wonder if maybe we could talk a little bit about that, because for instance, long COVID, long legionnaires uh my chronic autoimmune issues like they even autism like they're not um they're not something like I don't carry them around and people often mis- mistake that yeah Susan Ballinger said it's like I just called on you guys in class <laughs> so all right what do you think about that
3: yeah I mean I I feel like I have so many thoughts about it in part because I actually have Multiple abilities. My trade to YouTube is the one that is the most visible. It's physical. It's the one that I end up talking about the most. But then, like, I actually have other invisible abilities that. Then I feel like, wow, like, so many. It it makes my experience that much more complex, but also beautiful in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're so right. That like in the news, they're talked about very differently. Um, I feel like when we think of disability, it is often the vis- the visible things that you can see. But there's so many things. There's chronic pain. There's a lot of things that I think that people don't realize can also be uh, within that umbrella. Um, mm-hmm. And then once you do realize that, it's you know. In that umbrella, you find such an amazing community of people.
0: Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Oh, and the Carol said the visible invisible is is really huge, and I, I agree with that. Um, we do have a question from Kristen. It's a long one, so I'm going to remove myself. So we.
3: When can we have Alice's mom make us dumplings? But seriously, I found myself enjoying my food more this week thanks to Alice's personal joy sometimes I forget to enjoy life's little things and this is coming from Kristen
1: I have had that experience too I was um lying on the floor one day because I was too sick and tired to sit up in a chair and I was listening to Alice on some event it was in 2021 and she's like going on and on about freaking (laughs) cupcakes and I was like oh and I started just you know I think about Alice and politics culture. And and I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cupcakes. Look, he, he, Roo getting all excited and stern around. <laughs> but it was it was both her humor, but also just the unabashed like, I love this. This tastes good. And mm-hmm. this is something I can eat. Like, that's another thing that you can learn from reading the book if you don't already know. Some of the things that Alice eats are out of necessity, because some things are harder to swallow than others. Mm
2: -hmm. But,
1: um, but not to over medicalize, you know, there's a lot of, you know, she eats a, or she was eating a high fat, high protein diet. So it's like, whipped cream to the max, let's go. Um, (laughs) But the snack manifesto, and I do believe Mm -hmm. I opened to this page earlier for some other reason. But I also reading this and like reading she had a, she's got recipes in here. You, you can taste it. And you do go mm-hmm, and you're like, mm-hmm. you know, Alice would love this thing that I'm eating. And I love this thing that I'm eating. I think that's something that you have when you when you feel love and admiration for someone. Yeah. They talk about food and you can taste it. And sharing snacks is a love language. <laughs> <Lovely>. That's true.
0: <laughs> you know, she was saying recently that, um, because she can't eat like she used to, but she was fries. She was getting to like, get some fries just talking about aioli and fries and i thought even in even now like i'm just like oh. and i have a, a a a hate hate relationship with food because most of my conditions mean that there's a lot of food i can't have that's why my general practitioner taught me how to make kanji um but what's interesting is i, I ended up writing a story called the days of rice uh actually i never did anything with but it was just about me feeling like how hopeless things become when you're down to not being able to eat anything except you know, white rice or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to instead see her broad minded approach to food was um, invigorating, hopeful, a little chastising. Like it was it was really good. It was a really amazing thing.
3: I, Chloe I, says, yeah.
0: Whoops, sorry. I'll just read Chloe's. No, go for it. Go for it. Didn't me do it. did me do This is Chloe. It's also how we have a society where we feel the need to defend ourselves against being lazy, apologizing for being slower when we don't need to be sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's. Apologizing for not being able to eat, or not, or not, to, or taking longer to eat. Apologizing. It's yeah, it's really interesting. So Cat anyway, life. I didn't mean to interrupt you.
1: Cat life, That's everybody. Cool. Take naps, eat food, pack yourself into small containers. Take your time, Sleep <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I was just. Mindy, gonna, what you going to say? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I really identify with the things that Alice says About her relationship with food, um, I know. I think she recently published a, an article. Maybe it was an eater about food, um, <laughs> and I remember a lot of a lot of that. And it mirrors a lot of my experience with food because I have GERD. That's one of my other disabilities. It's very intense GERD, um, acid reflux. So like, I also have such a complicated feeling of when I can't eat something but I want to but I just can't, it's right there. But then when I do eat, it's like, it's heaven. And mm-hmm. so I really identify with that aspect of, uh, of Alice's writing when she talks
0: about Yeah, it. just, God, it's just that wonderful moment of realizing that, uh, and, and this is something else that I love about her book is that when, <laughs> when you're disabled, it doesn't mean you don't get joy anymore. You know, it's like people do that with poverty, too. It's like, well, you're poor. You don't get to have smelly candles. You know, you don't... Mm -hmm. There was a a whole article I read one time where someone was saying how frustrated they were when they were were poor. They wanted to buy, like, a nice smelling candle for their apartment and were chastised for it. Like, how dare you enjoy this thing? You're, you know, you're supposed to be miserable and poor because you're poor. And I think with disability, you get that, too. It's like, what do you... We Shouldn't you just be sorry all the time? You should just be sad, right? Like, you like things? How weird.
3: <laughs> yeah, that that makes me think of when I was younger, when every time we had to fight for, like, my accommodations in school, um, I was always kind of pressured to look weak and sad so that they would believe that I was disabled enough to get accommodations. Mm. So yeah. that's what that makes me yeah. think Yeah. <laughs>
0: Catherine Prendergast just said that Alice is like a dirty bomb of joy and um, those of you who are on this show a lot are going to realize that when I say this, I mean this Alice is the absolute unit <laughs> We have this, we have this ongoing, ongoing joke at our um at our club because someone is always an absolute unit. She is the unit today. Um, I think that's so fun. Uh Carol's leaving us. She says a fond ado. Yes, we've run over our time a bit here. Um, Anthro Girl said, You have to be sad and pitiful and miserable to be deserving of accommodations. That's that's what makes it so wrong. And that's what we're constantly fighting against. Um, angel uh, 1573 says only the normal people get to enjoy life according to according to themselves they're normal sounds super boring to me though we have more fun child at heart perk for life so I think that's awesome um, And, and this joy is something I feel sharing with all of you. It has been wonderful to have you, to have all of you Peculiars out there joining us tonight. It, it has been an absolute pleasure and I can't wait to do it again next time. And I can't wait to have Wendy and Cheryl back on another time too. So thank you so much. As I look for the brand information I need to put (laughs) this is, I love how Davey just makes it seem so easy. Um, there's some sort of video I need to play at the end here. Oh, there it is. Okay. So, uh, thank you so much because it's wonderful that you're here with us at a place where if you're weird, you're family.